Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. This is our instant reaction show, the RNR After Dark. Thorny decided to join us today, so we got both of us. We're going to break down the, the game that just happened against Moorhead State, the beatdown that was 63-13, Montana State 2-0. Moving on to the next game against uh, Oregon State, I should say. But yeah, we're going to talk about this game. Uh, we'll get. We're going to give you our our re- reactions. Essentially, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then we're going to go down the big sky. So we'll start with the big sky first. But Thorny, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. You said the RNR after dark, and it's uh, 4 p.m. This is the earliest we've ever recorded. I think on anything. <laughs> I think we recorded at like six o'clock uh, for an earlier episode this year, but uh, four o'clock. I mean, yeah, the games are still going on in the Big Sky Conference. Do you want to want to just roll right into it? Get this thing moving. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, yes, the, the cat cast after dark. Usually we can recap games that have gone final by now, but nothing is final. I'm just going to start at the top of the ESPN list here. We got Washington, uh, University of Washington, that is, 52 to 6, with 325 left in the fourth quarter over Portland State. Um, pretty much what you would expect against uh, Portland State versus a quality Pac 12 team like uh, UW. So, nothing to talk about there. Right on. Next one down is Northern Colorado is close at Wyoming, 10-19. Both of them are, well, no, Wyoming's 1-1. One one. Northern Colorado lost to Houston Baptist last week, so they're looking to rebound. It's in the fourth quarter, only four minutes left, so I doubt Northern Colorado springs the upset. They're looking like they're going to go 0-2. No, but uh, Northern Colorado did make a switch from Dylan McCaffrey, who went 3 of 8 with an interception for 35 yards, to Jacob Sermon, who went 12 of 25, 91 yards. After that, I know a lot of people in the Big Sky Podcast Network are thinking Bears could be not so terrible if they got rid of the McCaffrey's quarterback there. Get rid of a little bit of, get rid of, a little bit of that uh, cronyism, nepotism there. Jacob Sermon. Dude, could he actually was be like okay. a five-star recruit at one point in his life. So not the only big four-star, five-star recruit to transfer into the Big Sky Conference and completely stink it up. So it happens. Some, yeah. Sometimes guys yeah. get more stars than they deserve. Next down the list, where did my thing go? Darn it, I clicked in the stats of the Northern Colorado game like a fool. I got you. Okay. San Diego is beating Cal Poly. San Diego out of the Pioneer League, just like Moorhead State, a non-scholarship team is beating Cal Poly, 17-14. It's 8-49 in the third quarter. Cal Poly has had back-to-back touchdowns, so we'll see what happens there, but not a good showing for Cal Poly. I know you were pretty pretty down on Cal Poly there. I just I watched them play football in that spring season. They were atrocious, one of the worst football teams. I mean, they quit. They quit partway through the spring season. They're just like, you know what? We're calling it. This is it. We're done for the year. This is terrible. Bold <laughs> Baldwin's got a lot of work to revamp that program. He's trying to unravel the previous way things were done there, and it's just not going well for him. Uh, other games are just kicking off here. We got Northern Arizona just kicked off at Sam Houston State. We got UC Davis just kicked off against 
South Dakota State on the road. That's going to be a good one. Weber State just kicked yeah. off on the road against Utah State. Did you want to say something about any of those games? I'm excited about watching the UC Davis-South Dakota State game, or at least keeping track on it. The Weber State-Utah State game is always a fun one to watch as well. There's a that regional rivalry right there. Yeah. So It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one. And Do you want to run down just the list uh, of the games on tap? Yeah, a so full then we got Idaho. Yeah, Idaho is at uh, Indiana. So that starts at five. Idaho State's playing San Diego State. I'm kind of interested in that one. I don't think Idaho State's going to win, but I kind of want to see if they can have a little bit of life. I'm interested in the Bengals, see what kind of the new coaching staff, what they'll bring in. Tyler Vanderball, I wonder how he performs throughout the year. Eastern Washington at Oregon, the last one for tonight. Oh, no, that's not the last one. Yeah, that is the last one tonight. Oregon got butt whooped last week by uh, Georgia. There, there it is. And so Gunnar Talkington taking his talents over to uh, Eugene. Remember last time Eastern played Oregon? I think Vernon Adams was playing quarterback for Oregon. And it might have been Gage Kubrud, but there was a... Oh, uh, yes. A, <laughs> just offense against offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And uh, so, no offense, we didn't do this on purpose, just kind of worked out this way, but the way that ESPN groups this stuff, there is the final way down the bottom there, the Grizz did beat South Dakota 24 to 7. Yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, forgot about that. It's the last one on the ESPN scorecard here. Uh, good good win for the Grizz, but uh, as usual, Grizz sucks, so who cares? They're going to lose all their games. But honestly, you know, good good looking win for the Grizz against a decent Missouri Valley football conference team that, that had some high expectations, but their so far, has some- yeah, they've scored seven points in two games, South Dakota has, so not looking so hot. No, thought the Grizzly offense has some problems. We'll just put it that way. But uh, yeah, good on them. As Coach Hauk would say, Grizz continue to roll. Got to win ugly sometimes. All right. Speaking of ugly, yep. let's roll right into our little topic here. The, the <laughs> victory over Moorhead State, 63 to 13. We do the good, the okay, and the bad. Probably be a short discussion on this one because it was kind of a, just a black game that uh, but there were some interesting things to come out of it. So, fully, I guess, where do you want to start? Do you want to take the first good? What do you got in your good column? The weather. The the fans, man. It, it looked like a Chamber of Commerce type of day over in Bozeman. Good. And the fans, at least on the, the ESPN broadcast, you guys look so good in Bobcat Stadium. Bobcat Stadium looks amazing. I'm jealous. I really am. When we were there, Ryan, it was not like that. And... To be a student no. over there right now must be unreal. I remember, you know, having 15,000 fans in the stadium when I was there was like a sellout. Like, you know, it was usually like eleven or 12,000 yeah. was pretty typical attendance there in the mid-2000s. So, yeah, enjoy it while you can because, uh, you know, it's not always like that. My first good, uh, going back and forth on this one, I'll say overall the play calling was good. I was thinking about sliding it into the okay because I thought it was very questionable how little we handed the ball off, and I had that had to have been by design. Elijah Elliott did end up getting four carries all in the second half. Um, Jared White just had one carry, which, of course, he got injured on, which was uh, not good. Don't know the status on that. And RJ Fitzgerald ended up with two carries. And then Taven Williams, according to our stats, has two carries. One of them is from 90 yards. <laughs> Ryan and I were both talking like, do you remember <laughs> Taven Williams having a 90-yard run? 
Uh, we, maybe we both <laughs> missed it. I mean, it's possible. I was kind of zoning out a little bit there in the late in the fourth quarter. So if it happened, it happened. But uh, overall, I thought the play calling was pretty interesting. They tried to get Tommy Mallott going through the passing game. I think they really were working on the passing game and a lot of end around stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I think they were just kind of working on stuff that they wanted to either get some film on or get some reps on. So overall, I'd say it's overall pretty good. Another thing to put in the good category is Taco Dowler. Taco Dowler had his first punt return, 63 yard punt return. The, like, the second one, he actually was able to return. Uh, Montana State set up a pretty impenetrable wall for him. Uh, that one looked pretty easy. And then Moorhead State didn't really kick to him thereafter. But uh, nice to see Taco get into the end zone. I'd be interested to see when's the last time Montana State housed a punt return. It has to be Sean Johnson era, right? Oh, man. Wow. I mean, maybe yeah, someone maybe. got lucky there. Uh, did Jacques Allen do one? He got close a couple times. I'm not hmm. sure he ever actually put Willie one in the P? end zone. Willie P had the one called back Willie's last ever. year against Wyoming. It yeah. should it should have been one last year. Hmm. Um, you know, speaking of that, I'm going to put that in the good column. I thought Willie Patterson, I thought, I thought the wide receivers looked really good. Willie Patterson made some nice moves. They did some nice throws to him to actually get him some ability, some some chances and space to make some moves. And he took advantage of it of that three yard, three catches for 51 yards, two touchdowns uh, along the 23. Robbie Alston had five catches for 96 yards uh, for 43. And then of course, Trayton Pickering, really good to see the tight ends yeah. get involved. He looked like a, Big target out there. They they got him in, involved creatively. Yeah, he had 98 yards for 19.6 yards a catch with a long of 38. So really good to see um, the wide receiver group, tight end group to get involved and Tommy Mallott slinging around a little bit. I thought when we were passing to Pickering, that was our best looking passing plays. I thought Mallott looked the most comfortable when he was going that route. Yeah, because they were able to get Pickering wide open. But he was, you know, yeah. I thought Tommy Lott just overall looked better in the pocket, a little bit better pocket presence, not just running immediately, just kind of surveying the field a little bit better. He still has a long ways to go there, but uh, his patience looked better, and it showed with a 16-22 performance for 265 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he had one of his better games as a pure passing quarterback, but still, you know, I, I'd almost even still put that in the okay category. He, we're going to need more from him, but uh Overall, you know, it's an improvement. So that's, I've put it in the good category. Yeah, you got lucky on that one where he got blindsided hit and it just fluttered. Derek Snell caught it for a touchdown. You don't see that very often. We had like 28 points in the first quarter. So at that point, everything was going right for the Cats. He also had uh, one goal through the hands of a defender on that long Robbie Alston, like first or second play from scrimmage that Robbie caught and yeah. took down. Like they went th- through an extended two hands of a defender that easily could have been picked off. In fact, arguably yes. it should have been picked off. So, I mean, Malak could have easily thrown two interceptions in this game. So he's still, still a work in progress, but improvement is what we wanted to see. And we got it. Ooh, I thought another good thing. Casey Kotsman, I think was the guy who was on our kickoffs. The, yeah. the freshman from Butte, he's booming those through the end of the, through the end of the end zone back there. That's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, I was like, man, Glessner's killing it. But then the announcers were talking about it. It's Katzman from, uh, where, yeah, where you said, sorry. Uh, but yeah, he was kicking it way deep. So that's, I, I like having a two kicker system. I've always kind of liked it. One guy to boot kickoffs and do nothing but that. And then one guy to focus only on field goals. 
All right. I got one more. There's a couple I, other things. In my good category. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sean, well, I was going to name just a go couple. Go. You just told <laughs> me to go ahead, and then you, you told me not to go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Okay, you can go, <laughs> sir. All right. I'm just going to name a couple a couple things. I thought Marquis Johnson uh, showed some speed. It's good to see him. I like that. I like the end around that we hit in the first quarter, that inside end around. And namely, uh, Chambers was the guy that was facilitating that. We got a couple of touchdowns off of that. Nolan Askelson had a pick. I was really stoked for him. And I think that's the only thing I really wanted to say as far as like, just some quick hitters right there. I mean, two more things in the good for me. Um, mostly it's going to be good, I think, on this one. Sean Chambers, I thought, was running the ball. He made better decisions, and they actually gave him some opportunities mm. outside of just like the goal line. And you can see when he actually gets through the hole and is in space, he is pretty quick. He's athletic. He's got yeah. some speed. We're trying to make. I'm trying to make a comparison. I think my friend Corey made a good one. Is Travis Johnson that's not playing wide receiver without the wide receiver reps? Because <laughs> he looks like Travis Johnson throwing the football. I'm sorry, Sean Chambers, but that's going to be my bad category. We'll get to that. Throwing the ball is a whole different story. But running the ball, I thought he looked good. He's physical. He's fast. He's going to be a problem for some big sky differences if we can continue to, you know, if he can run that end round package or even with RJ Fitzgerald and he's doing a good job in the RPO game where he knows when to keep it, knows to get rid of it. It's going to be pretty hard to defend. What do you think about him coming in in the red zone? I just like Tommy Lott not getting hit. That's all I really boiled down to. Huh? Uh, I don't love it necessarily, but I just, you know, Tommy Lott's going to take enough hits throughout the course of the game. So no need to have him smashing into the pile on a, you know, first and four from the four yard line. Might as well just be Tom, Tommy, Tommy Chambers, Sean Chambers. I said Tom Chambers, the basketball player for the, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> it's too early for this. Oh my gosh. I know, man. All right, let's move on to the OKs. I thought our defense in the second quarter was just okay. We left a lot open over the middle, and I didn't know if that was specifically like our uh, linebackers not getting enough enough depth, but we didn't seem to have that problem after halftime, and we're pretty good at adjustments. What do you think about that? I mean, I think we're nitpicking on the defense here. I was going to put them in my good category, but yeah, that, that you know, you're starting to like, all right, well, here's an area that, we were talking about that needs improvement. Then it could certainly be in the okay category. Like I think the slants over the middle, I think it's two games in a row that uh, teams have demonstrated that we can be beat doing that. McNeese state should have had a touchdown um, against us. It was a, that fluky play where we got called for wrestling, roughing the passer. And then a McNeese state player got up and punched one of our players right in the head. But the actual play that happened on that was a slant over the middle. And I think it was Je uh, Jeffrey Manning got beat and the, it went right through the receiver's hands. He would have had nothing but daylight. This, I mean, that's kind of a Ooh. seen that for a couple games now where slants over the middle, you know, that if a, a quarterback can hit a guy in stride, it's a big problem for the Bobcats. So, but you know, we're, we're nitpicking here. I think overall the defense had a really solid day. Uh, the tackling was much, much better than it was last week. Do you have an Okay. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me pull up my notes here. I mean, no, most of mine are either like bad or good. Yeah, I, I don't. Right. I, I'm pretty much done with my OKs. I think that off, off the top of my head, this is always a hard part about the instant reaction shows, but uh, that's all I got off the top of my head. Sounds good. Let's move on to the bad. Jared White getting hurt. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Right off the first yeah. carry, one carry, 
goes down. It looked bad. We'll see what, what it comes out with. I haven't read anything as of now, but that's bad. We're already hurting at the running back position. And uh, whatever reason, the coaches really just don't want to give Elijah Elliott any carries. They finally did in the second half. Maybe they're like, maybe they use that first half as some sort of proving ground. Like, hey, get in there, put your nose down, do some blocking uh, for the quarterback, and maybe we'll give you some carries in the second half. I don't know. They just don't seem to want to give anyone the uh, him the ball. And then, uh, so running back depth is now a concern. Jared White getting hurt is a concern, both in the bad. Did you see the play? Did you see his knee or anything? I'm- I saw I, him clutching it. I didn't, I didn't really see, see what happened. I didn't see a slow motion of how he got hit or what, what caused the injury. So, no, I, I didn't really see it. I'm going to be a little bit nitpicky on this one. Jeff Manning, his ability to pick the football, he has three <laughs> missed interceptions. Um, one of caused is some points, but he can't catch the ball. It's really weird. Like, that hits him in the hands and he, like, it's just almost a folly. You're like, oh my gosh, it's comical. So he needs to get on the jugs machine. That's, so that's Jeff the, Manning, if you're listening, come on, bro. Catch the ball. That's the old joke, though. That's why you're playing defense, right? That's why most people play defense. Yeah, right. You can't catch. <laughs> terrible, man. I mean, the first he's one had, was debatable. He could have three interceptions. The first one looked like he actually could have scooped it off the ground. They never showed a good conclusive replay, <laughs> but it, it never hit the ground from the camera angles they showed. The second one was tipped which slows down the trajectory of the ball quite a bit. Those are pretty easy. Those are tip drills. Catch the ball. But you know what? I, th- I still think he had a pretty solid day overall, so I won't give him too much of a hard time here. Um, Chambers throwing the ball was not good. Yeah. Uh, that His interception <laughs> on the goal line. <laughs> Derek Snell came on like a drag route from the left side to the right side. Nobody followed him. He was wide open. Instead, Chambers like throws it back to the left side into, into traffic to like trying to find RJ Fitzgerald who may have been open, but the point is there was like still like linebackers and, def- and defensive linemen all in the area. And it was tipped up and intercepted. Instead, he could have just floated it 20 yards into the air and nobody would have been able to get down to it. It was so open. So just the kind of the decision on that was uh, not ideal. And then his other interception, which was stared down the receiver the whole time Receiver never really yeah. got open, and he just, it was just a bad throw. Like, yeah, the receiver didn't get open. I'm sorry. Like, Taco didn't get open. The guy was smothering him, and then he threw, like, he threw it late. You threw it to the inside. It was just a poorly placed ball, badly timed ball. I mean, it, if if Chambers is – if Malak gets hurt and Chambers is, like, the quarterback for the rest of the year, um, it's going to drastically change the outlook of, of the season for us. You're not lying. <laughs> that was a terrible throw. All right. I don't have any others on the bat. This was, I mean, albeit kind of a boring game. Montana State racked up 675 yards of offense. That is crazy. I don't think I can remember the last time Montana State put up that type of number. Maybe that was Dakota Prukop era. That uh, That's a big number. Morehead State was completely outmatched. They looked like they gave up in the second half a little bit, especially during the Sean Chambers back-to-back. Drives where he just scampered. Nobody wanted to seem to touch that guy in the open field. He's a wrecking ball, like you said, but let's hope he doesn't have to pass. That's kind of his MO since spring is two touchdowns, two interceptions. That's yeah. kind of Sean Chambers in a nutshell right now. But, uh, but not throwing the I ball guess, touchdowns, uh, kind of, though. Yeah. Final <laughs> thought for me on this game is it was good to see us getting subs in as early as the second quarter. 
a lot of dudes got a lot of playing time, and that is just awesome to see. Montana State took care of business on a nice afternoon in front of a packed crowd, and now we're going to take our talents over to Oregon State in Portland next weekend where Ryan and I are going to go. I'm so stoked for that. We'll be there, but uh, yeah. We'll recap more of this game on Monday. Thorny, do you have any final thoughts? You know, I do, but honestly, I think uh, you you wrapped it up nicely, so I'll just save any thoughts I have until uh, Monday when we do our full game recap. It's a big win. I was, I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to see a team dominate the way that they did. So what else is there to say, man? You want to get out of here? Yep. All right, well, I'm just going to end this one. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.